Episode 24 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm Sam and he's Peter and we're alone this time. Yeah, just us. Just us in the room. It's been it's been a while, Sam. It's been about maybe, what, like two weeks since we recorded last? Yeah, yes. Uh, so we're sorry about that. Yeah. It was a little hiatus. You want small, you small absence because of uni always getting us down, but yeah. uh, you, or, you, or you more than me. Yeah, yeah, me. <laughs> just, just me, actually. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I had some uni work and we had to sort of... We record on the weekends, I had something due on a Monday, and it just sort of didn't work out. Just life gets in the way. Yeah. You guys, uh, the gap that we're referring to, you wouldn't have actually have uh, experienced this gap prior to this episode, because yeah. of the way we release things. So, it was the gap before we released the episode that we made with our mate Stoxy. Yeah. Which is, which which is, is the episode that's coming out soon, but it has not been released yet. It'll be released by the time you listen to this. It'll be like... You, by, you would hope. By like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't, if you listen to us and you haven't listened to that pre- previous episode, like, go do it. I think it's a bit longer. And yeah. And I'm worried that'll it, deter people, but it's this a, is... It's a good one. Yeah. Someone was asking me the other day, like, uh, they wanted to watch it, listen to an episode because it meant a lot to me, but they didn't really want to listen to us bang on about Destiny or games in general. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is why it's like on every episode, I don't know if you, if you don't read the description of each episode, um, you should probably get on that because we have timestamps for everything. You can yeah. skip all the stuff you're not interested in. So it'll say like 23 minutes, we talk about destiny and you're like, okay, okay. And like, you just, just cut that out or yeah. like skip 27 minutes in when we're talking about something else. Yeah. That you are actually interested in, so you, you can totally do it that way. But um, I know it's a bit longer, episode twenty three. But check it out because we had a, we had a friend on, and I love having guests on. Yeah, purely yeah. because I'm lazy and I don't have to do as much work. <laughs> We've said it before. Yeah, it makes our job easier. And you're sick of our ugly mugs. Yeah. So um, and just to kind of lift the curtain a little bit here, we've changed <laughs> our we've changed our like mic and stuff setup. We always recorded on a video camera as well. And Sam, I've just realized why we always have the chair turned the way that we had. Because it because blocks it, us. it blocks our face on the video camera. It blocks... Actually, our faces are fine. What are you talking about? It sort of blocks it a little bit. <laughs> so, actually, my question is... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I, do, mean, I do all the sound editing, and so Peter's more of the video guy. So, for me, this is totally worth it. I just want to... So, just let us know... Is, is this like amazingly better? better? Is this worth blocking out a, a little bit of our faces for? Not well, seeing our perfect ears? Well, I mean, we're not going to put up a video on YouTube that's just a chair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would. If it's a funny chair. Is it that funny of a chair though? I don't know. Looks funny. Anyway. <laughs> we don't... I, I hope we cut all this out. Probably not. Probably we, not. We, okay. We... Fantastic. Anyway. We digress. <laughs> bit of a fucking... <laughs> Tangent. Uh, oh, um, man. So, uh, anyway, what are we drinking this week, Sam? Today, I mean, you should probably introduce this, mate. We're, we're drinking something a little different. Yeah, we are drinking my mate Mitch's homebrew alcoholic ginger beer. Yeah. Which has been creatively and fantastically named Weasley's Fire Crotch. Yeah. Because it's ginger. And we, we can dink it. We're drinking in a little goblet, so yeah. it might be a little, little lackluster dink. That was a pretty bad dink. I think we can dink a bit better. Ding. Let's dink like right, okay, right next to the mic because it bleeds everyone. Three, two, one. No. Uh, uh, 
Okay. Okay. That, those are all pathetic things, <laughs> but that's fine. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> I don't know. Or Sam will fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, alcohol ginger beer. Yeah, let's try let's, the let's have a taste. Oh, I just tasted it. Before I had a sip of this before the before the podcast, and I was like, just, just to just make this ginger beer. Uh, no, there's definitely alcohol in this. It is <laughs> yeah, it is very alcoholic because it's homebrew. Um uh Mitch had us all over to watch the footy one night and not, we drank his homebrew. Not Sam, Sam wasn't there. No, Sam wasn't there. Yeah. Had, had me and a couple of my other mates from uni over um, to watch the Broncos versus the Cowboys. Yeah. And um, uh, we we sampled the homebrew and he got out the like uh, specific gravity meter thing to test how alcoholic it is. Yeah. yeah. And he thought it was supposed to be about 6% and it ended up being closer to 10 So... That's about right. This we're like, only like having a, a little. We're only having a little bit, a little yeah. taste. It's like a. It's, it's kind of like a port now, right? That's the sort of territory we're in with ten percent. Yeah, well, am I right? Well, you can get stronger beers and stuff, but yeah. generally, yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think so. I've got. I've actually got. Port's no idea. that like intermediate one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I want to actually uh, call this call this out because. I hate ginger beer. Yeah. You should know this. I really hate ginger beer. And I don't mind this at all. You should have told me that before we... It's like quite good. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. The the Weasley's fire crotch yeah. gets the beer with Sam and Peter tick of approval. Which I know means so much. <laughs> so It'll be on every bottle. <laughs> uh, well, you know something... You went way more about this than I do. You actually did some brewing stuff for uni, didn't you? I did. Um, yeah, that's, for, we for, have a connection <laughs> for like my final year thesis project. Um, a, it was about designing a distillation column, which yeah. is a unit operation that's typically used for, it's like one of the basic fundamental unit operations that you've got to learn about for process engineering or chemical engineering. Is it the kind of thing where it's, it's like the right height for shit to evaporate and then drain off? Yeah. It's basically, basically goes off the principle that, um, Different compounds have different boiling points. Yeah. So when you chuck them in a vat, basically, and boil it all off, they will condense at different points. So you can have different takeoff points, and it's used to separate. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh like multiple mixtures of um of liquids, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So as for my thesis project, we designed a distillation column, and um, as part of that, our um, supervisor bought like a homebrew thing so we made like one afternoon we me and the two other yeah. blokes who were doing the project with me like we made some homebrew yeah we didn't actually get to try it the university wouldn't let us do that but uh <laughs> <laughs> we did it and that was fun oh, cool yeah that's cool yeah it's quite it, like it's it's not that expensive to do homebrew stuff it's a you time, just gotta be it? it's like the that investment yeah but the, even then it doesn't take all that much time how like long does just, it take? I'm cur- I'm just. This is no longer just a podcast. This is just me, just a yeah, casual <laughs> chat, ed- educated about homebrew. I don't know. It depends on what you're brewing. Yeah. Like the, uh, I think it's about a week, mm. depending on the type of yeast that you've got. So it's basically basically how the process works is it's basically you just need sugar and water and um, yeast, just like that alien from Men in Black. Yeah. Exactly. Sugar water. And um, the yeast, the yeast will break down the the glucose, the sugar, 
yeah. and convert it into alcohol and carbon dioxide. Um, so yeah, and there's some ginger. Yeah, for this yeah. Beer. I'm not sure. Exa- I can't remember the exact process for the for the ginger beer, but yeah. um, it's a very similar process to brewing, actually, like brewing beer and stuff, or yeah. any any sort of spirits, basically. This tastes fantastic. Yeah, but you got, like who knew that the only thing I needed to make ginger beer like palatable for me was just alcohol. lots of alcohol. Yeah, lots of alcohol. I think have that works had, for a lot of things. <laughs> have you ever had um, scotch and ginger ale? Um, yes. Yes, I have. I don't like That's that. That's not bad. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like that. So, this is weird that I like this. Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. Maybe I just haven't got enough sleep. <laughs> what, what? Do you like... You don't like the Bundaberg ginger beer? No, I hate it. Oh, hate that. I, at, I, at Christmas time, sometimes they do like a... Um, uh, they do like... They do one that has like a bunch of like spices and stuff in it. It's yeah. like a spiced ginger beer. And it is delicious. Mm. You should give that... Like, if they have that out this year... I'm going to bring some because we should have that with like some yeah. vodka or something. Well, Mitch, if, you, Mate, if you're listening. Or rum. Actually, no, it'd be good with rum. Yeah. Like Captain Morgan's or something. That's just more spice. Yeah. Just spicy spice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, Mitch, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, beer thumbs up. Take of approval. Yeah. yeah. Big, our big, big thumbs up. Um, so the first thing I wanted, we wanted to actually, actually talk about on the podcast. <laughs> Survival Watch. Now that we battle on Survival Watch. <laughs> Well, so much I have to catch you up, catch you up on. Now yeah, because that... I'm not. I'm maybe like a week behind. Yeah, so I've got to, I've got to pretty much carry this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so yeah, a lot's happened since last we spoke. Yeah. So last time we spoke, they'd done the merge. No. Into two teams. Oh, like they, yeah. Last time we spoke, they ju- they'd done the merge, and a yeah. couple of people have been eliminated. So they had in in this series, they've done a sort of a preliminary merge kind of thing where it was three teams, and they've merged into two. Yeah. In a ridiculously stupid uh, schoolyard, like picking everybody for the for your baseball team type way, where the winners of a challenge just got to pick whoever they wanted to go on their team. Yeah. Or their tribe, and then. The spares were just put into yellow, the yellow tribe. Yep. So you and got like a golden super team. You know what? You know who's never lost a challenge after that? Blue team. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, really? Just to, just to keep you up to date. Uh, and now blue team's gone. Now it's all purple. They've had the big merge. So everybody's together. Yeah. So blue team, like that that blue tribe. Yeah. Uh, never lost. It's wow. got a perfect record. Which must have just been crushing for the others. But also, yeah. but also, I think the the organizers must have looked at that and gone, "Oh shit, we made a mistake." Yeah, well, I think they did. Um, there was something really weird that happened, way too close to the merge, and uh, my girlfriend actually pointed out to me, like, like why this made sense because I didn't, I didn't really get it. So the episode, I think, before the merge, or the epi- two episodes before the merge, um, Yellow lost. And it also lost the reward challenge. And part of the reward challenge was that um, one of the blue team's members got to sit in on that tribal council. Yeah. And then at the end of the tribal council, uh, they got to take someone uh, from that tribe and add them to the blue tribe. Which is weird, especially since the next like the next day it's going to be the merge, right? That's super weird. Well, what it was, what it was, is though it was like the producers doing exactly what you said, freaking out. They'd made a mistake, and if Yellow had won that reward challenge, which I think was more, um, was less physical, you know, right? Then obviously they would have not only 
not got on tribal council, they would have picked someone and maybe they would have evened it up and not had to have merged so quickly. Because yeah. I think, I definitely think merging wasn't on the cards um, when they planned this out until later. Yeah. But they just had to do it because there was three people left. Yeah. And some weird things happened. Like, I lost all... In these last couple of episodes of people that are keeping up, I don't know about you guys, but I lost all faith in Sue. Turns out Sue's pretty... She's just a pretty rough, rough Is lady. Is she still in it? Who, all right, so bring me up to date. Who's been eliminated so far? Um, so... Yeah, like, since we last spoke. I'm not sure when exactly we last spoke about it. Okay. What I want to talk like about is some, couple. like, really highlight eliminations. Okay. Uh, so, Phoebe... Do you know who, remember who Phoebe is? Yeah. She's on the yellow team, blonde. Um, she has had a fantastic career. I, I started off not liking her at all. She she was amazing. Yeah. And she was totally robbed. Just like Nolsey, she was robbed just before the end. Um, so uh, after Rowan left, mm. we were there for that. Who for was the, for yeah. yellow team? Rowan was the model who we like, almost did something wonderful, and then everyone fucked, fucked it up, up on the yellow team. It was. Yeah. It was a time when I think it was four versus five. The other thing that Yellow Team had going on, they were run by this dude who had some serious issues. Like, I worry about that guy. Um, he was, like, always talking about, like, I make all the decisions in this tribe. Remember that? He's bald. Yeah. Um, calls himself, like, the businessman. I'm going to use my business skills. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Business. Where's the fedora? Um, so, Mr. Business just thought, I, like, it was, like, an annoyance for me until we got to this this tribal council where Rowan um, was voted out. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the Rowan one. I don't know. It was a while ago. But uh, so you remember that it was four versus five and he, businessman's got this whole thing going where he's like loyalty because no one in this fucking game understands. Like they're all talking like, how could you, how could you vote for me? It's because they were going to vote for you and it's a game. <laughs> Anyway, he, he was like... Yeah, they all talk about fucking loyalty, but yeah. at the end of the day, nobody gives a shit about it. Barry gave else. a shit about loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> Barry gave And a you shit. saw what happened to Barry. Barry pretty much voted for if himself. Ev- if everybody had just been a bit more like Des, it would have been fantastic. <laughs> that's, where that's where we've ended up. <laughs> just every man for himself. Oh, yeah, well... Fe- Don't have three tribes, have like 30 single man tribes. Yeah. Everybody- 30 Des tribes. <laughs> Des gets his own tribe. They bring back Des. Oh, you know, actually, uh, well, I was going to bring up something that there was one, one of the one of my favorite episodes, uh, series of Survivor. They had exactly that. They had this. Um, there was this concept in one of the series of Survivor. I think it was like Vanuatu, where um, it turns out that the people that were voted off weren't voted off, and they were on this sort of secret team kind of like if you ever watched biggest loser mm. it was like the red team the blue team and then you got sent to live with the commander who just fucking yelled at you until you <laughs> lost weight that was like literally i don't even think they they did any exercise you just screamed the weight off <laughs> they get strung up by their arms and legs and instead of getting flayed they're just getting <laughs> drained yeah drained by the screams of the commander yeah he actually turns out to be a really sweet guy Grog Commando, it's great. Anyway, <laughs> I saw him once at a restaurant. <laughs> um, and that was horrible because uh, they didn't tell the contestants that. And then they and then when they got to merge, they just brought one of these people back. Terrible idea. But it was a good premise. It was a good seed idea. Yeah. And so they did this... Sh- they did this... My favourite season of Survivor was the one that came after that, right? And they had this exile island 
where it was a gladiatorial coliseum type thing, there was no voting, right? If you got voted out, you were sent to this island. First person gets voted out, they just get sent there. And they have to live, still survivor style, by themselves on this island. And in the center of it is like this big... There's a great set, because they're loaded. Um, This big coliseum. And uh, if the next... So the next person gets voted out, and then they battle it out in exclusively challenges um, to see who leaves. Only one person can be on the island. Right? Wow. So it's like this, like, Coliseum in, like, Exile Island. That is intense. Yeah, and one of the guys got on it and, like, was there for ages. Like, he was just, like, you know, like, the the, the war-hardened one doing all these challenges. They were all challenges from previous seasons that everyone remembered as good and they had to... It was, like, a greatest do, hits type. Do versions of that, yeah. And the other thing they did with that series that was really great, they got the greatest survivor to ever play the game, Boston Rob, and Russell, who was this guy who everyone hated. He was the most schemey, evil, annoying, shitty guy of them all. Yeah. And all these new people. So it was like Boston Rob went on one team, Russell got on the other. It was it was really great. Um, and I think we started to see that. This is where I'm going with this. We started to see that now. Uh, for instance, Phoebe, she was doing a great job. She was the only one who had any sense that first time around. They had a four versus five. Rowan had the immunity idol. Amazingly, she convinced Rowan to play the immunity idol for her. Yeah. Everyone voted for her. And then suddenly they have all the power, right? Yeah. And their plan is to vote off businessman. Yeah. She votes businessman. Uh, Christy, the like woman that seems to have like, no, like she's just not thinking. There's just nothing going on behind those eyes. Is she the one that has like the boil? No, that's the one that was in the car accident. Yeah. Uh, no, she's the one who looks like she's stoned all the time. Right. Sort of a vacant expression. Hangs around Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they voted for businessman. Rowan, who put everything on the line, was like, <laughs> yeah, I said I'd do that, but I just hate cats so much. <laughs> and Kat said, yeah, I just hate... We need to survive, but I just hate Rowan so much. <laughs> Oh, and it came down to those votes. So, and then Rowan go. Went yeah, home. and then Rowan went home. Okay, the so- only person who was doing any good in the challenges, Rowan went home, and no one wanted that. Yellow team didn't want that. No one wanted that. But he went home. But he went home. So then they, they were just. So now it's three versus five, and you think now they're really fucked. Yeah. Right. There's no way out of this. Um, and Phoebe uh, was doesn't want to say die. She's watching Craig the whole time. Yeah. Craig's the sort of only other strong guy on the yellow team. He's like a big flamboyant Craig. Hard to miss. And um, he's looking for the immunity idol, not so subtly. So she just follows him to where he's looking and can't find it and searches and finds a second immunity idol. And this is like the time. So one of the great greatest ones you, you miss is she got to redo that greatest hits backstab, except this time she fucking got him. So they all voted. They all went to vote her. Um, she needed to know that they were going to vote her. Yeah. Right? Oh, sorry. I missed Kat getting voted out. Yeah. Kat like got voted out. That wasn't really a big deal. Right. <laughs> no she one was, wanted Kat. There was no way. She, she was so useless win. in the challenges. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, <laughs> um, she needed some help with this one as well. And basically, um, uh, yeah, she... she Basically, she walked into the water where Connor was having a swim. Remember good old sweet Connor? I love Connor. He's fantastic. It's my little <laughs> baby boot. And uh, with her best bikini on and was like, 
Look, she just started talking about how much she like loves the island, or, or, like or the experience, how tough the how tough the experience is, and she's like, and he's like, so honest. I love him, sweet Connor. Sweet Connor just says exactly like, look, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm voting. Uh, you know, I'd love to work with you later, but I'm voting now, and I'm voting with my team. And so, if they're gonna ask, if they ask me to vote you, I'm gonna vote you out. And she's like, no, no, that's fine. Um, just just let me know. I don't want to be just. Yeah, you know, voted out with no knowing. He's like, yeah, sure, Phoebe, Phoebe's boobs, sure. <laughs> and, and of course, they. So she's waiting. You see, because this only works if they don't try and vote off Christy. And there's every chance they try and vote off Christy instead of her. Yeah, They're pretty much the same person. Uh, so <laughs> Connor's like, yeah, sorry, it's gonna be it's gonna be you three getting voted out, and. Uh, She's like, oh, cool, 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 yeah, thanks, yeah, no problem. And of course, all the votes went to her, and she just voted off Craig. Just boom, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Craig, <laughs> fucking Craig's gone. <laughs> uh, and uh, then there was, so she was just trying to survive, trying to survive. She made it all the way to this tribal council where Blue had to sit in. Yeah. And what is good old mate host? He, he like host- digs in the oh my god talons. No, he, yeah, he starts talking about. Because he knows what's up. He, must yeah. what's up. he starts talking about how great Phoebe's plays have been. How how she's how she how like she's been voted out now twice and she's still in the game. You know, like she blindsided Craig, wasn't that great? Meanwhile, the blue person <laughs> looking on going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you know when it gets to the end, she's like, Well, Phoebe, I was gonna take you, but it clearly you're a threat. Phoebe's kinda of like, I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> you too. <laughs> How could you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, fucking host. I had it. <laughs> so they took Sue just as someone to vote off. If they ever did lose a challenge, they just vote off Sue. And the final elimination was Phoebe. They finally voted her off. Christy had a little time with the camera. You know, she talked about how it's my time. Um, I'm a, I'm a, Phoebe thinks she's a genius. I'm a genius. And so she votes off Phoebe too. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> this is like the numbers. Um, Oh, they don't have the numbers. No, sorry. Christy, Christy fucked it up. So, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so who sorry, actually went? It was Christy, uh, Phoebe. Now Sue's gone too. Right? So Christy, Phoebe and Sue are all gone. Yeah, because Sue's not the other tribe. So it's Christy, Phoebe, Connor and Boyle Lady. Yeah. So two on two. Uh, but then Kirsty decided to flip. And you know what? Phoebe decided to flip too. So they voted for each other. <laughs> um, and then Phoebe got voted out and just right after Phoebe gets voted out, they roll the credits and roll the ad for the next, for the next um, episode. episode and it's them merging. Ah. Yeah. So she almost made it. I was felt really gutted. I was, by the end of that, I was like really on the Phoebe train. I, I hope you guys were as well. Because I thought she was making some really good plays. I was like, oh, this feels good. This reminds the me of... The fact that she made the Boston Rob play. This is, feels... Yeah, this feels... I mean, it's not Boston Rob yet, but... You know, it was great to see something like that. Someone yeah. survive against the odds. Boston Rob is insane. I Like... And I... Yeah, we've, you've spoken many times there's about no, your love for Boston I, Rob. Yeah, I, I started re-watching some old episodes of that... Like, I don't know. I think it's called Exile Island, but something like that. And... Um, I just love how it works. There was someone really early on who thinks they're a genius. They're like, well, we've got to get Boston Rob out now because um, he could be a threat. And it turns out, yeah, he won, he won but <laughs> still, no one he, wants to see Boston Rob go. 
The producers aren't going to let that happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, the producers, they're nice. Um, and so he like gets a few, he like goes to talk to this girl. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, we need to just talk strategy. I want to talk strategy. We're going to vote this boss and Rob out. You know, he's a threat. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. And, and then, then she turned on him immediately. No, but there's this great, you see boss and Rob and he's just like making them a fire because of course he can, because he's like a fourth to fifth time survivor contestant. Yeah. And you shouldn't vote him out until you merge because he just knows everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just watches the whole thing and then he walks up to her. This is like what you really need to do on survivor. And he's just so, he's like, Hey, so what do you, what do you do for work? You know, he, he never mentioned the guy, even though he clearly knows what the guy has just said. Right. Yeah. Cause he's a fucking idiot. And he's, he's like, a, <laughs> he's just like pointing at Rob. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he's like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Rob. Like, oh, you run like a daycare business. That must be really tough. You know, anyway, I'm glad there's someone here I can talk to. You know, we can, we can be, we can be friends. Um, yeah. And he, and he doesn't mention voting. He doesn't mention like <laughs> the other guy. He just totally plays He's there. just, he's just like, you know, how nice it is to meet you. And of course, like the next thing is her interview being like, I don't, I don't think I can vote off. <laughs> uh, that was good you know, I think he survived on the island for a while too because he's really good at challenges man but uh yeah so there's been a smashful plays in Survivor I feel like we've weeded out weedled out all the really incompetent people and now we're left with the semi-competent people which will be good good watching yeah because yeah. there's been a lot of incompetent people and now for for you know the uh, first time in weeks and weeks we get to see blue team guys actually decide to vote someone out yeah yeah which would be good which would be really good. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm excited to see what Team Purple has to offer. So how do how does it how do like challenges and stuff work now that everybody's together? So now you the challenges are for a individual immunity. Right. So this is to explain there is a sort of a method to the like first week panic that happens in Survivor. You know where they start uh, saying we need to vote off Lee because Lee's really physical. And this is how you end up being yellow team, where you have no one physical and you just lose every challenge. Yeah. Um, but there is kind of a method Yellow to team that. didn't really have any crazy physical people to begin with anyway. No. But there, yeah, there Original is, yellow there team. There is a method to this because the, the thinking is sometimes they can run away with it. Like you think, how could... There was, there was that one season where this really nice guy, he was like a firefighter, he never schemed, he pulled a Barry and he actually won. And you think, how, does, how do they do that? Well, once you get into the merge... If they manage to survive, then it's individual immunity that you're playing for. Yeah. And you can really just... Just fuck everyone up. Just... You just keep winning. You know, if Lee keeps winning individual immunity, he'll be fine. Individual immunity doesn't exist when you get down to like three people, I think. But still. But still, then you've got a pretty good chance. And of course, if you are Sweet Lee or Sweet Firefighter Man or... Um, the Firefighter Woman. Firefighter Woman, sorry. So she's still in it. Or whatever. Um, yeah, she's still in it. Right. I like her. Yeah, she's going a bit weird. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like almost caused like well, the rest of them to exile her because she like, there was this, they're all sleeping and, and um, Blue Team is giving us an opportunity now to like actually see a little bit more of Survivor, which we haven't seen this season. That's no, my big it's, complaint. It's been like all challenges. Yeah, it's been all challenges and scheming. Um, what I really, really, really liked is we get to see with Blue Team, they were showing us more in the last couple of episodes of just how they live. Yeah. Um, and they, how, they showed us some of Yellow Team failing to make a fire oh, yeah. over and over but again. But they are getting really skinny. Phoebe was getting really skinny um, when she got voted out. She was a lot 
a lot less heavy than, than when she started. And uh, like them sleeping on the floor and all that sort of stuff. And they sleep in this big hub of lime. Mm. And it's that thing where tribal shit actually just starts to take over. And Kylie, she sleeps on the outside because she's not um, very popular. Yeah. And this time she just decided to like, she was the first to bed. So she just lay in the middle and refused to move. Which was just not a smart move, but and then and then this is the biggest thing that's happened to them all week. So they got like <laughs> really upset about it. Yeah, it's the whole thing. And uh, yeah, so there are some tensions to watch out for now that we're merging. There's that one. Blue might try to vote off Kylie. Uh, she's she's been on the chopping block a lot. Yeah, but they've never had a chance yeah. to get there. Or well, they she, could, there was know, that one episode where she played the idol. Though. Yeah, there's always that possibility that. Uh, They'll just do the same thing and happen to yellow and vote off all the spares first from blue. I hope they don't do that, but I from mean, yellow, I mean, so they, they, they could. Yeah. Um, the other person to look out for is the magic it. man with the, he's still with in. the piercing. Yeah, he's still Matt. in. He's great at puzzles. Matt. Uh, Matt might be being voted out soon because Matt was really used to having the meter made flick and the other uh, token hot woman um, like around. They were a group. Yeah. And of course, when... Blue became ultra super tough blue. Uh, Lee and Sam went into the tribe, and so now they, all they all, now all Flick and uh, the other girl whose name escapes me um, do is they lie on the beach and watch Lee and Sam fish and talk about <laughs> you know their rippling muscles. And you can see there's a great there's a great scene where Matt's like looking by like a like a pale pasty gremlin. <laughs> really annoyed <laughs> just devastated yeah just devastated so yeah that might happen you never know anyway that's that's survival watch what did it to catch everyone up how, how many minutes in, in a week 25 25 okay after an extended survival watch yeah we're finally now going to talk about <laughs> well I, I've actually heard like a few good things from survival watch it's one of the it's one I, of I the like few... talking about survival watch I'll I will make myself I'll sit down one day before we record next yeah. and get myself all called up. Yeah, we should 100% do that. Yeah. I know I said that last episode, but I will actually do it this time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's Survivor Watch. Um, on to the homework movie. Yes. So if you have watched the, uh, the homework movie, it was a little it was a little different than what we usually um, give you. It was a uh, documentary. Yeah, yeah, we did a documentary this time. Still um, on Netflix, obviously. Yep. Uh, and this documentary is a very cool story and that's kind of the reason why I wanted to yeah, do it because it's like a magic it's like a mini miracle something yeah, happen to yeah it. it's it's it almost has um, like a feature film like plot yeah it's called Searching for Sugar Man it's about this guy this musician called Sixto Rodriguez mm-hmm. who was a sort of folk musician type thing yeah. in like the late 70s Sort of a Bob Dylan type? Uh, late 60s. Late 60s. Yeah. In, De- um, in Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he was a Bob Dylan type. He yeah. released two albums. And then the the story goes that um, those albums just tanked. Yeah, they, they, uh, they the second sell. album sold uh, six copies in, in, in the America. US. Yeah, and that was just to the record label's... The yeah. record uh, the owner of the record label's daughter and like a friend and that's that's what he said. I'm sure it probably sold a little bit more than that. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. It was yeah. It, he, it, he was a he was like a non musician. He was a failed musician of the US. Yes, yeah. yeah. He was a, he was a failed musician and um, uh, so the story goes that he released the two albums. They completely tanked. Um, yeah, and 
he sort of walked away. He got dropped from the label, walked away from it. A couple of years later, was playing, like, got brought back for like a sort of comeback type concert. Um, He was out there playing his songs. The crowd wasn't really into it. It wasn't going all that well. He played a few songs, went off for a bit, came back, played a few more. Everybody just hated him. And then he picked up a gun and shot himself. Well, that's, stage. that's one of the stories. That, that's one of the stories. And it's a story. It's fictitious. But... Yeah. Um, well, don't... Why well, I'm going to say that because it's a documentary, Peter. Yeah. But that's what how, so, good, how good was the documentary really, for you yeah. having that reveal of, like, this well, story about the guy who killed himself on stage as a poetic yeah. statement. The actual rumor... And that he's actually still alive. The rumor that it starts off with is another popular one that, that he got... Um, he was set himself on fire. Yeah. He and killed then, himself on stage. Yeah, something like that. Um, but the, the the facts to pick out from it is that yeah, it was this guy called Rodriguez who was maybe homeless, but certainly um, really working class uh, in Detroit in the late sixties. And then Detroit in the late 60s, Detroit now is kind of Detroit now is like a fucking crazy Mad Max wasteland. Yeah, and in the late sixties, it was even worse. Yeah. Um, and so it was that real authentic well, I mean, I, mean of... I think it was actually probably a bit better because they still had the auto industry and stuff. Still ab- abject poverty. Yeah, still abject but poverty. But a lot better than it is now because they don't have General Motors there anymore. And his songs are sort of a real... It's sort got of... like a real bleak uh, Bob Dylan kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's very good. Uh, it just sort of never happened. And what the the guys who originally signed him, what they talk about in the documentary, like they, they say... He had, if you listen to it now, it doesn't make any sense why he didn't become popular. But it just didn't happen. And they kind of read, one of the sort of popu- possible reasons that they give for why he didn't become popular is because of his name, Rodriguez, sounds Hispanic. Yeah, and that wasn't a thing yeah. at the time. So that you've got the his... racist 60s. His story and, the, and Detroit and, you know, and that kind of, the, the poverty around that and explores that. And then you've got another side of this documentary, a totally different side. Um, way over in South Africa, uh, when apartheid was really big, um, and uh, TV was completely banned. Yeah, um, it was like the height height of the apartheid yes. movement. So they need to Massive make sure state that, censorship. Yeah, racism. One of the guys described it as like sort of a spin off, spin off Nazis. Yeah, and how they, we you know that they, they really went in on that whole idea of uh, censorship, protecting their. They're like kind of dogma. If no one knows that the rest of the world is saying these horrible things about them, you know, no one knows that the rest of the world. It was around the time of like Nelson, well. Nelson Mandela, and it's a bit before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you're listening to Elvis or whatever, and um, uh, Rodriguez's album gets played by someone in South Africa, and his his songs are. You know about that sort of like bleak impoverishment, but they're sort of more just about dreaming bigger or thinking outside the establishment. Very anti-establishment. Yeah, those rebel things, and they just took to it. Bootlegs were sold everywhere, and in South Africa, Rodriguez is as famous as Elvis. Yeah, and the Beatles. And the Beatles. Yeah, he like those big people because there was that divide. No one actually knew anything about him. And no one in the U.S., including him, knew anything about them. Yeah. And he didn't know that he was this famous folk yeah. hero 
in South Africa. Yeah, and they had nothing to go on. Literally nothing. And yeah. because he was so, so the whole US, documentary is like years and years after that, he like he's this famous popular musician, but the story goes around that that he is dead. Like people make up stories. Um and, and so the it's all about the search for Sugar Man. They want to get some uh, uh, like a record like a guy who's a massive fan of him and a music journalist try and do a bunch of investigation and actually track him down yeah. and work out where um like find out a little bit more like they want to dispel the myths how did he actually die yeah where did if he wasn't getting paid all that money from the sales in South Africa where yeah was they it eventually discover that um the record companies in South Africa like did that that's money. that's like how they try and find him yeah is the record companies in South Africa and um and it has a really special ending yeah 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 and they and they find him yeah um and it's a wonderful documentary yeah uh I think I f- we've kind of spoiled it all now. Yeah, I feel. So, I feel like I don't know if I really want to spoil it this time, Ben. I, 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 I mean, we have just spoiled the entire thing. Yeah, but it's really worth watching, even if you haven't watched it and you just heard us talk about it. Yeah, you, it's it's a really really it's a really story. well put together and it tells a really cool story. Yeah, and I don't want to go through it too much just because it is a documentary, and if you go through it, that's the movie. <laughs> so, I mean. I mean, we have just basically done that. <laughs> I think it's still worth watching. Yeah. So, I definitely think give, give that one a crack. I really enjoyed it. I don't watch documentaries really ever. I I don't really either, but this is one that I heard a lot about. Yeah. And it is definitely one of... It, it's a great, even cinematic... Yes, it is thing very watch, cinematic. Because it tells a really interesting story yeah. about this guy that you would have never heard of. Yeah. Um, And it has... Like he he made some incredible music, and a whole country for them. He's Elvis. he was like a rallying point for yeah for the, like a whole country. Yeah, um, and it sort of speaks to the power of music, I suppose. Yeah, um, and um, and and on like just more of like a, a review viewish type note. Um, it was a really well made documentary. Yeah. Like I. I I it, think it's won some Oscars. I think it won some Oscars. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because there's a lot of production value that's been put into it. It's not just the raw interviews. Like, yeah. There's a little bit... There's those like... Um, when they play some songs, there's a little bit like a music video thing going on. Yeah, some cartoons some going in there. Um, they put... So, it puts you back in either the six, late 60s or mid 70s or when they do the 1998 stuff. Like uh, the camera quality is has been, it's been like uh, edited to look like it was filmed during the, during whatever time period they're talking yeah. about. And that's really helpful. It's really immersive. Yeah. Um, it And just yeah. the way it tells a story is very well done. Yeah. Just putting even aside the way it's a documentary, it is a really well done movie and a good example of, of how you can do movies. Well. Uh, uh, and of how that medium can be really entertaining. Definitely. Yeah. Because I, I mean the, I think it's probably tied to the fact that we do watch some documentaries in school. And also, you know, they're, they're kind of true life. They, in your mind, maybe they're a little bit too, uh, too school or lecture adjacent. You know, like too I, factual. Yeah, but I, they, I really like watching documentaries though because well, I, I enjoy because I, I, I really like those human stories. Yeah, and like just hearing from a bunch of people and getting that perspective that I don't necessarily have. Yeah, like. Uh, I just find that really interesting, and I like just hearing about people's lives 
and these like myths and legends that are actually true. Yeah. Like I, I find all that really interesting. I think, yeah, but I was, the, the stigma of documentary, I think is really sad. Yeah. Is that school yeah. documentary? Cause you can get a lot out of it. Thing, but you don't um, have to take there, there's a lot of really good documentaries out there. Yeah. Um, I think generally a lot of Michael Moore's stuff, although it's very controversial, it's very yeah. well made. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining. You've got to take it all a bit with a bit of grain of salt. With think, a grain of salt, not with a bit of a grain of salt. I mean, that, that's I like, mean, you that, could, what, what is that? That's when, that's <laughs> when it's like not really that muddy. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. A lot of the things that they talk about, but they're interesting. Bowling for Columbine, I think, is a very interesting look at American gun culture. Yeah. It's all pretty eye-opening, really. One of the... One of the not, uh, uh, I think this is this is a good documentary for people who don't watch documentaries as well because it's a yeah. nice way to dip your toes. It's in a the good world, way to get into see it. See if you want to watch more of that kind of stuff because there's nothing controversial in this. Even though apartheid's in it, they really don't. No, it's, it's not it's focused. Actually, yeah, it's very much a not controversial. It's just a nice, it's really just telling good a story. story. Yeah. Um, if you have a look at a doc- another very well-made documentary that I've watched, I don't know, last year or a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, there's a documentary called Blackfish. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I think everyone's heard about, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of famous one about killer whales at SeaWorld. Pretty much tiny SeaWorld in the USA. Yeah. If you want to... Here's fine, but US really... Yeah. Well, because they, they don't have orcas at Australian SeaWorld. Yeah. And for good reason, it turns out. Yeah. Well, I think it also just tied in with just a lot of... Uh, a lot of... Um, just animal park stuff in general. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like people, if you're an Australian guys, you got to understand that we have zoos down really well for the most part. Um, like we are really privileged to go to places like fuck. I took, we took um, one of Liv's friends, uh, Monica, who's originally from Romania, to Australia Zoo. Yeah, and that's like it, it's built. It, it's like a huge thing where there are all these like dudes that you know we make fun of in short khaki pants who call themselves wildlife warriors, who just really are into that shit. That, uh, But it's not that case in a lot of other places in the world. Um, I still remember going to a zoo, uh, being a bit younger. I think I was like uh, late years of high school. And we took a trip to Italy. And I had heard going to the zoo, and I imagined an Australian zoo. And I was like, yeah, shit, let's go. So we go to the zoo, and it's about as big as a small park. And man, it was just like straight animals in cages, like, and people were just walking by thinking that that's okay and that's what a zoo is. Like, um, they had this big uh, owl from somewhere. Yeah. Big species of owl. And it was in a cage that was like about its size and shape. You know, like a bird in a cage that it's its size. What I mean is, it's like a body bag yeah. type cage and it's got like growths on it and shit and it's just sat there. I mean, its wings probably don't work at this stage. Like it's just there. It's just it passing gets... time existing yeah. until it dies. Yeah. It's really not okay. Zoos in a lot of other countries. So just to bring you down, <laughs> if you're Australian, it's not like you should feel really good about what we have. Yeah. And maybe ease off on the short khaki wearing pants guys because they mean well, even if they do have a nut hiding hanging out every now and then. Yeah, Australia's is great. A lot of yeah. the like wildlife parks and stuff we have are great. Yeah, and I think it's a really good way to 
there's definitely an argument to be made that animals shouldn't be in zoos because it's not their natural habitat and all that kind of stuff. But you got to remember all the conservation work and also just like yeah to get the general public to even care about all these endangered species and other animals, they have to be able to see them. If they can, if they can get, if people can get some sort of form of entertainment out of these animals, like they might actually yeah. care when their habitat is threatened and stuff like that. Like if you, I think it really does a lot, especially for young kids, to get them inspired and interested in that sort oh, of yeah, thing. For sure. I mean, I love going to going to the zoo, but if it's done right, yeah, yeah, yeah. it has to be done for right. sure. For sure. It has to be done right. Anyway, um, anyway, and just to sort of tie off on the documentary thing, yeah, um, another documentary television series which I want to mention is the Making a Murderer. Oh yeah, yeah. um, which was a a big. Thing it was really popular yeah. at the start of the year. It was very, very a popular. A Netflix at the start documentary of the year. series called Making a Murder about yeah. this guy called Stephen Avery who got um, framed for murder, got out of prison, and then um, got sent back to prison for a different murder. Yeah. Um, it sort of follows that whole story. Pretty well made, crazy, sort of like it was made by a bunch of film students basically who'd like, just been out of university yeah. and uh, filmed over the course of like eight years. And it follows this court case, and it's really interesting. Um, very, there are a couple of times in it where I sort of thought a bit like the filmmakers were um, only showing like a single side of a lot of things. Yeah, like it's yeah. very, it's very much, uh, it's not biased. Like it's very much biased towards the perspective of Stephen Avery and his family and his like presumed innocence. Yeah, basically. Um, which is not what you want in a documentary no you want it to be no it's uh, it's, neutral. it's somewhat yeah it's somewhat one sided yeah I think that's sort of my opinion but um, yeah it was a thing it's very it's an entertaining thing to watch which is kind of crazy to say about a true life story like yeah. that the um, I'll jump in on the documentary Paul uh, if you want to watch a documentary uh, and uh, you want to watch something that's a little bit less- <laughs> <laughs> Please watch all of it. Time to hit the road. Uh, <laughs> it's actually not true. It's not a documentary for all you guys out there who thought that. I feel nothing but sadness for you. <laughs> um, no, so the, another documentary to watch out for, though it's not on Netflix, is a documentary called Tickled. Have you heard of Tickled? No, I have not. Wow, you should get onto that. You, What's it about? Be, be your scene. Tickled is a really dark documentary, and it's about... These guys, um, it's, it's this weird sort of innocuous, it starts off with this weird sort of innocuous fetish thing in the, in the US where like young men, they're paid money and then they're, they're like strapped down and they get tickled and it's a, I guess it's a, it's a sex thing, right? So people watch it. Okay. That's weird. Why did, why does this seem like it'll be my thing? Okay. So because, um, it starts off that way and, uh, the rumors were floating around. Some of these guys, um, when they asked to stop filming the videos, were blackmailed. You know, by these guys saying that the videos would be sent to people or, or whatever. And so, one of these documentaries, documentary crew, they decided to they made like a cursory call. And of course, what happened is you know, the worst thing you can do to a documentary crew, but they made like a sort of a cursory call, call to these guys. And the next thing that happened is that they got a letter in the mail and they like threatening them with 
three or four lawsuits. Right? Right. So this is when they were like, well, fuck okay, yes. there's something we've there got to look at here. Really, yeah. And they go down this really big dark rabbit hole with these you know, heaps of guys and these guys who are really blackmailing these people and this, this whole, really, like, really shady industry. They've got money industry. and weight and they crush people. Um, uh, and I think it's kind of a hot thing. Like, even even if you, now, like, if you make a YouTube, there were, like, a lot of YouTube reviews of it having trouble from, like, anonymous people trying to, like, get the YouTube videos removed and stuff. Really? And when they had the premiere of the, of the movie, the like, guy, one of the guys who was, like, one of the company dudes also turned up and started, started like, saying stuff. So, yeah, basically they just cracked open this big hornet's nest of, of really They're crazy, crazy like crazy dark side of society, dark side of people. Yeah, so it's a really good documentary to watch. Yeah, that's cool. Another one I will briefly mention. Jesus. I know. <laughs> this what, episode, did we what, talk about documentaries. What time are we at? We're at forty nine minutes. Okay, I'll, I'll just quickly say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just quickly say, uh, enter through the gift shop is great documentary all about Banksy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! I think it's on YouTube. Um, you should definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, oh my god! Also, there's a, there's a movie uh, about um, the making of uh, it's like it's, it's this failed it's this failed like big failed budget movie um, about uh, shit, it was about like zombies or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. It was just a ridiculous movie that never saw the light of day. Um, and they've made a really good review about it. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, but it's on Netflix, and you should you should you should look it okay, up. Okay, we'll maybe put it in the show notes. Maybe put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I will also mention the <laughs> serial podcast series, which is like a similar sort of thing to um, making a murder. Okay, which is also great. Yeah. Now we want anyway, to talk about. We're going to finish off by talking yeah. about Captain Fantastic. Ah. Oh. Hmm. Yep, and then we're going to mention Destiny. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Captain Fantastic. So we Fantastic. need to talk about Captain Fantastic because Peter and I and um, two of our friends, we watched uh, Captain Fantastic, which is a movie that you may not heard, you may not have heard of mm. that's out in cinemas right now, and it is way better than anything else you'll watch. Yeah. Um, uh, that has yeah. been there. I, I, I personally think anyway. Um, so Captain Fantastic is not a superhero movie, as I have to tell all my relatives every time I mention it. Um Captain Fantastic is a movie uh, about a um, father and his children. Um, Who live off the grid. Yeah, they, they live off the grid. It's, and it's not one of those hippie things. He, um, in a lot of ways, rightly so, believes that uh, like uh, the society in the US that they're living in is... Is shit. Is shit and all consumerist and it doesn't teach kids really anything and it's, it's bad for you and everyone's drinking poison water and... Everyone's shopping for fun and slowly killing themselves with burgers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he takes them off the grid. So they live in this forest. Um, they really, they, really they fit. Built, built their own house. They hunt. Hunt all their own food. Yeah. Gather all their own stuff, have their own garden. Yeah. Like make all their own clothes. Oh, they don't make all their own clothes, but. They do make some. Yeah. Um, and and he, he also teaches them. Like it's not just that. He also has this big raft of books that they that they read and they're, yeah, it's they're like very him, well, it's like him, well learned. Him and his six kids living in this almost idyllic household environment where his kids are all like hyper intelligent and crazy fit. Yeah. And like, no, like Marsh, like Krav Maga. And <laughs> he's basically got this training yeah. camp of him and his kids. Yeah. They, 
have opinion, like the nine-year-old has opinions about the Bill of Rights and what it meant. And the American Bill of Rights should mention Australia does not have a Bill of Rights. Well, then, then you shouldn't have to mention that. Which whether it's the American Bill of Rights or not. But I don't know. Maybe that's a fun fact, Sam. Anyway, <laughs> ever thought about that? Fun fact. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ginger beer talking. <laughs> um, and it's 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 kind of hard to explain, but it's is really it's Viggo Mortensen really being, interesting. Being like super Viggo Mortensen, he's like the hyper intelligent version of Bear Grylls. Yeah, and what he has to say makes a whole lot of sense. It's one of those movies that kind of makes you you watch it and then you think about your life. Yeah, and you think, what have I done? What am I doing? Well, I, I was like, just telling these guys, hey, you guys want to chat over this? Let's go get drink some poison water, which he when he tells the kids Coke is. Eat, eat a burger, which is non-food, and I'm going to go home and play some hyper-violent video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the idiot box. Yeah. And it... Yeah. It's a little bit hard to explain, guys, but I, I would recommend it with my heart and soul. You should watch this because I know it's not going to get the box office that it deserves because I, yeah. I really I really haven't... It's one of those really great indie stories that just tells a pretty somewhat straightforward story. Yeah. But just all the acting is really great. The performances are great. The cinematography is is really uh, well done. Yeah, and um, it's also it's also really uh, there's a lot of messages. It's just in a the touching movie. touching sort of yeah, story. You can right. really think about and question. It deals with the, like loss, and our societal structures and stuff and, as well. Yeah, um, and it, it's it's really good. There are a few it's parts funny. for me that there's, yeah, there's oh, yeah. some just hilarious jokes. There's some great stuff. But there's also some pretty serious moments. Yeah, um, it, it does. It does everything a sort of small budget indie film like that should do. Yeah, and the costumes you, are fantastic, and it makes you question your life and the way you live it, which is something like it's like a gold star for movies for me. <laughs> I, I, I really like it. I like it, I like it when I something that'll that make you movie. think. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love. I love that kind of thing. I really like Into the Wild, which is almost sort of a similar kind of idea. That's based on a true story, isn't it? Yes, very sadly so. It is based on a true story. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Supertramp is pretty much uh, like a real life version of this guy, minus the kids. Um, and it's it, it's a movie called Into the Wild that's made about his life. You should probably check it out. It's quite yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch it. But yeah, I, I really highly recommend Captain Fantastic. Um, it it's is maybe yeah. Yeah, it makes you think. I love my Netflix too much. Too much. <laughs> I sad. I'm, yeah, it's sad, but I I, I have to uh, admit to it. Um, but it was making me think. Uh, like I, I made a decision there that uh, you know, let's let's say every six months because it's hard to, to find time in a busy in a busy family life. Every six months, we'll take three weeks and we'll go camping. That's what I'm going to try and do with my with my family. We'll get buckets and put all the phones in them. I know I'm sound like a grandparent right now, and then we're just gonna. We'll have that time. I'm not going to do it for our whole lives, and we're probably not going to kill deer with our bare hands. But you know, we'll cook our own steakettes <laughs> and, and stuff. I, I I've always said camping in my life every year or every six months or so. Um, more like every year now. Like my dad would take us all camping, and I think it really did us a lot of good. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people enjoy it. We went camping um, as high school students. Oh, yeah, we, we had a camping trip. Yeah, and some of us hadn't, hadn't really done that before. Yeah. And um, 
you know, they loved it. And I, I didn't think that was going to be the case. Like our mate Chris, who we've had on the podcast, I thought there'd be a lot more complaining from Chris and there, there wasn't. I mean, he wasn't as helpful, <laughs> maybe, but... Fucking Chris. <laughs> but, no, 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 no. But he, uh, he really enjoyed it. Like, it, they all really enjoyed it. I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great trip. To have some element of that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, watch Captain Fantastic on to Destiny. Rise yes. of Iron is out, sir. <laughs> so, a big thing happened I think right us. right here, you should put in the de- like the Rise of Iron theme tune just gently playing <laughs> underneath everything we're saying. Except we probably couldn't do that. <laughs> no, you could do it. <laughs> you could do it. Nobody's going to know. Yeah, someone might. <laughs> I'll go back um, in you, Sam. Yeah, so a big thing happened in our lives. Yeah. Uh, New Destiny expansion came out. Yes. Had a bit of a rocky launch. Yeah, so... First two hours getting in was... Um, the server load, load was too much for them. We were um, waiting there. I was in for about three seconds. Expansion rolled Yeah, out. yeah. Like the expansion just came out and both you and I were logged on yeah. like the minute it went live and you could get into the tower and yeah. I decided to foolishly <laughs> change character. I was there and long I couldn't enough. get back in for two hours. Yeah, I was there long enough to lose my shit over like three new guns that I saw and then I was kicked. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it was like for the, for the next two hours. Yeah. Um, halfway through that queue... They yeah they implemented a server queue which yeah. is something Destiny has never done. But the problem is that they implemented this server queue, which for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it means that when you it's try a typical and log- sort of thing in MMOs when they have yeah. high server load. If you try and log in, um, it puts you in a queue with everyone else trying to log in. So if I hit log in and there's a queue, there's the queue system. It puts up a number like one hundred and fifty thousand. That's your nu- ticket number, and it slowly goes down until you're logged in. The thing yeah, is that they, they had- with with those sort of things usually. You never see more than like a thousand people. Yeah. You never see your place. Like it's usually it has like, if you're over a hundred people in the queue, it has like a hundred plus as your place in the queue. Yeah. But th- for Destiny like 150,000 was a real it's, number. You'd started off, you got in the queue, you were at 150,000. Yeah. You go down to 120,000, it'd beat you off. And yes. You'd be that, back on at well, 200,000. That's, that's the thing I was trying to get back at. back on at 300,000. Yeah. That's the thing I was trying to get at is that they put this thing in without fixing anything. Yeah. And what it did was just really inflame the problem because now you can see how much you're getting fucked because I queue in, I get to 150,000. I'm really into this game. So I make myself a coffee and some the cake and I watch this thing go down. Yeah. It and was it goes like down the night like, before you had, you had the exam yeah. the next day. And you go, it goes down to like 30,000. Yeah. And then because the server's unstable, it just boots you Yeah, from this queue. And then you queue up again and you queue up right back at the end, 200,000. 200, yeah. So it was just really Yeah, just lots of people trying game. to get in all at once. Yeah. The thing is though, it was so it was kind of so great. They've done a good job with at least how this expansion looks. It's fantastic. Just the aesthetic is really cool. Yeah, it just feels really great. It's Rise of Iron, so it's all like Iron Lords themed, which oh. is this old like oh. precursor group of um this like group from the Origins of Destiny, like the Destiny world as we know it these days the the sort of precursors to guardians and it tells yeah, a they, they small up tiny before, before story sort of about them yeah and that's sort of something i wanted to talk to you about was like how satisfied were you with the campaign because it's only five missions yeah it's only so and it's, it's only like two hours the long. destiny campaign was only five missions and it was only two hours long however that's not everything that you get with the expansion yeah. And I really enjoyed the campaign that we were given. It was way more story-driven than anything we'd ever done. Yeah. And I in terms loved of the feel. Like, it was just, great. Just the potential for what is is to come yeah. for Destiny 2 gets me really excited. Yeah. But I was just... I, I have been a bit disappointed with this expansion just because it is 
a bit lacking in content, I think. But I, I think for me, because I play Crucible so much, and because there's the raid and all that sort of stuff, like, yeah. you can't look at the story mission in, with the Destiny expansion and, like, measure how long or how much content's in it just by looking at those stories. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that, but it, I was just really disappointed that I'd virtually, I'd done, like, the big chunk of sort of new story lore content in like the first night of playing compared to Taken King where that took me like two weeks. Yeah. But it was a lot to, to get a- through or, and all those like side missions and stuff. Like I'm basically I'm like almost by the first night I got up to the end game grind. Yeah. But now we're at the end game grind. So you got to do this grind to get all, all new gear. Plus there's all this new gear. So yeah. the crucible has and, totally changed. The dynamics yeah. completely shifted. And I don't think that'll settle for a yeah, there, there's a bunch of like it's it's messed up, uh, messed up the meta in the Crucible and done a bunch yeah. of you know, like it's mixed up the game in a way that it's needed to happen. Yeah. But it just really worries me that this might be the only content we get this year, yeah. and there's just so little of it. That's true. Um, the the raid just came out. Yeah, the raid just came a couple out. Nights ago, which it looks which really I'm very good. excited for. Really, really looks good. a lot more manageable than like yeah. we haven't run it yet, but it looks a lot more manageable than Kings Four was. Well, it's an interesting one because. In this raid, they've really gone hardcore with the whole idea of like um, mechanics-driven raiding and like the fights. Mm. So much so that the the actual DPS uh, points, like points where you shoot the boss until he dies, kind of thing, those are really inconsequential. All the real damage you do to bosses and the progress that you make is in mechanics, like getting a particular object or turning on and off things at the right time. And what it means is it's not a gear check. It's a communications check. Yeah. And I think we'll see... We saw the top teams tear through this. I mean, I stayed up to watch the... I stayed up. It, it came so out at 3 o'clock in the morning here. The raid opened and I watched them. And I was... I, You know, it was a bit of a hit, but I, I was in bed by 6. Yeah. Because they finished it in two and a half hours. Now, that was a lot shorter than the first... Uh, raid, King's Fall Raid. Like the first attempt at... Like the first, first attempts were like six to eight hours. Yes. But um, I think that there's no way that other people will be doing this in two hours. Yeah. The thing with King's Fall is because it was more... There were some mechanics, especially at the end, but it was more DPS focused. Uh, but but also getting the mechanics like it was a lot. Well, it was there's a lot D- less room to fail yeah. in Kings. It was Ball. more DPS mechanics, and also it was like the DPS sh- and the mechanics. Well, you got shot at a lot more in Kings in Kingsfall. In this current raid, the threat of it dying to ads is almost zero. Like you you're not going to die to ads, and the threat to dying to the boss is almost zero as well. Like in a lot of the boss fights, the bosses just there yeah um you just gotta get past the instinct you, gotta like, get, you just gotta not screw up the yeah, mechanics, you get past the mechanics right yeah. uh and i think that's a really big thing because you know people die in raids if there's a big ogre if the Golgoroth's shooting at you you're gonna die at least a couple of times to Golgoroth or his ads yeah and you can be standing around and just forget something and die like that um but the reason i think it'll be a lot harder for other people is like these guys that do the first attempt raids all six of them are really, really ready. They like respond to things. They know each other for ages. They do call outs. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit. It's a lot of cannon down. It's a lot of, we got to throw these at the same time. We got to know where everyone is at the same time. You've got to get that cannon and then go here. Um, and so I think like regular pickup groups are going to have a lot of more trouble. Yeah. Than and these like that, have. that's the thing with, 
with this raid compared to King's Fall. Like, for uh, Destiny Year 1, I ran Crota's End and the Vault of Glass oh, with yeah, pickup Cro- groups. Crota was just, just fine for pickup like, groups. Like, lots and lots. I ran those raids many, many, like 30, 40 times each. Yeah. Um, whereas King's Fall, I never ran with a pickup group. And we only did it like once. We only did it twice all the yeah. way through. And I think they've been moving to this and now they finally got there where um, every person on the team has an equal contribution to the raid in this this raid. I think that's really, really prevalent. Like in a lot of the mechanics, there's six people and it forces you to split into teams of two. And both of those people on each team of two have to do something. Yeah. But also there's not one person that can do everything. Yeah. And Which I think is- you compare that to something like Crota... Where the reason that about... was so easy to pick up groups is you can have five numbskulls and one, one good guy. Yeah. Like really, really hard in Crota because um, you could only need one guy to jump across that bridge if you know the jumping trick. And with the final boss, only one dude fought him. The other guys just sat there and shot off a shield. Yeah. Um, and in this one, everyone has to do something. Everyone has the same equal contribution. Everyone has to do something and no one can do everything. Um, so I think we'll see, like, whereas in, even in King's Fall, it was eight hours, they got that down to maybe four, and then there wasn't such a very big difference when it hit the ma- hit the masses. Yeah. Right? Because the math, they, like, you tell everybody the mechanics of it, and they're like, okay, we'll do this. And if you tell everybody the ca- mechanics in this raid, they're still going to fuck it up, because they're not communicating. Yeah. I actually see it being really frustrating if you've just got to pick up a group and you're the one good guy because there's nothing you can do other than try and speak. You can't throw all the orbs. You you just can't. You need them to know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm I'm really excited to check it out. So I like that. I I I'm not big into grinds. I hate WoW. Um, I I really like the idea of WoW. Don't get me wrong, guys. Who like WoW? I, I, I just don't. I just can't play it. it I, yeah. I've told you guys before. I really want to. I try every now and then, but I just it just doesn't gel with me. Um, and so I see this raid where it's a two and a half hour raid versus an eight hour raid, which I know is eight hours is still small for a first attempt if you're talking WoW. Um, but it's really heavy and like it's high very octane. it's very achievable, which I, I like. think is. Which is which excites me. Yeah, and I want to be communicating with everyone. I want everyone to be doing it th- yeah. their own thing. And it also seems like the raid weapons actually mean something. Yeah, that's really interesting. They have so meaningful perks. The raid again, weapons look which awful. The raid, the raid weapons were just completely forgettable. From yeah, um, it's a real contrast. In Kingsfall, the Kingsfall. raid weapons were like made out of bone and and flesh. Yeah, and the armor like, the armor looked really crap. But the the weapons, the weapons looked the, the weapons looked very unique. Yeah, but they were. There's no reason to use them. No. Which, which the, is also probably one of the reasons why I never ran the raids. The, no. the raids from um, oh my year God, one of I Destiny. Mean, both yeah, both Crota and... So, the, so many iconic weapons. as the Fatebringer and the Vision of Confluence. Black Hammer. The Vex Mythoclast. No one was rocking a sniper that wasn't the Black Hammer if you knew what you were doing. Yeah. It was, the, it was just the black ha- The Black Hammer was the... It was the sniper rifle that so you used So good. They had to make PBE. it into an exotic. Yeah. Um, and in... And in Kings Ford, this wasn't the case. Now they've moved back again. Except for some reason, they've made the guns. So all all the guns in this new raid, uh, Wrath of the Machine, look really samey and terrible. They're just spray painted black. I kind of like the aesthetic of the new ones. Because oh, well, they're it's definitely they minimal. Are, they are, yeah, they're very minimal. They have a very cool aesthetic and they got yeah. a very different aesthetic to the rest of the new armor from That's true. Rise of Iron. Which but really um, the abilities are really unique. They're yeah. maybe not as ridiculous as the Fate Bringer, which. 
which had might actually be good, I suppose. Role. Yeah, but um, they look really interesting and more importantly, really, really unique. Yeah. Um, the whole sort of theme that I've seen through them is that it's almost uh, that a lot of them are like they have a perk that is unique to them, and it's a combination of two really good perks. Not just two good, not just perks, but two really good perks. So there's one that's got like something fly or something like that, and it's a mix between firefly and I can't remember some other good PVE one like triple tap or yeah something like that. And then there's the the shotgun um, gives you battle runner and armor when you kill someone, which is two really good perks to have on a shotgun. Yeah, because uh, you want to be like. Dweeb with a because there's the shotgun meta is very much the and thing at the and moment it, and it kills me it kills me yeah uh, yeah but so they're all really really unique and I think that's good I'm excited to do to play the raid I'm waiting for the rest of our raid group to sort of gear up and and we have to and we need to well. gear up as well but yeah because I've been busy but I think I think definitely if you're a Destiny fan and have been a fan of Destiny stuff in the past it's it's oh, a it's no, worth it. no brainer to pick up. No brainer. Um, I will up. say that I was disappointed that the story wasn't longer, um, but it excites me for the future of Destiny. I just really hope that it doesn't get stale because I love to play the game so much. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it it probably will. Well, but now me, I have wowed my life. Well, to for me, feel I'm, that gap. I'm fine because for all you, you beautiful people out there who are also big Dark Souls fans. New Dark Souls DLC. Dark Souls DLC is coming out on the 30th of October. And that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> so I've got, basically in my mind, I've got until the 30th of October to, to enjoy Rise of Line and then straight onto that DLC. You could you check me out. I'll probably be trying to look at Worlds first. I won't get there, but I'll, I'll try. You have a go. Have a dig. Yeah. Anyway. That's I pretty much, that's, that, that's, that's us. We want to cut it. Yeah. Cut it yeah. There. Uh, Okay. All right. So, so homework movie for this week. We're going to do Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, a classic movie. Just absolute classic. Um, so I I really love Goodwill Hunting. It's yeah, it's really close to my heart. That that one. So it's a great I'm film. Excited. I watched I watched that movie on my mum's iPod video <laughs> in it when we were on holidays in America. Yeah, while we were catching planes. And you're Van Helsing. Yeah, I watched that traveling. I mean, I've only seen it once, but still. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, like always, rate and view us on iTunes. Or SoundCloud. Or SoundCloud. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Peter. Yep. We're on Instagram as well. Um, at we're, AB we're everywhere. SP. We're doing things. We're doing things we're on all the we're socials. Cool. We're, yeah. hip, we're cool. And we feel like we're down with the to, to uh, get back to our regular, regular schedule now, because I know we've had a few Yeah, ideas. yeah. And we'll be a bit better about posting on Facebook and getting all that up to yeah. speed and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, it's been a trying time, but we've and made it through. If you want to follow what we're doing, um, Instagram might be the, a good place to do that because we, we post uh, videos. We post pictures when we're about to film. Yeah. Uh, so you can get a little heads up on whatever we're drinking that day and, and other stuff like that and when it, might be, when it might be coming out. And the other thing is we might have some stuff up. I've got a little art project in mind, something to do with all the bottle caps that we produce every episode. Yeah, and we'll put a photo of that in progress up on Instagram. Yeah. That. Um, probably going to have some more guests on again. Yeah, so the, please let us know what, how you feel about the guests. Yeah. Um, I like the guests. I really love having the guests. So um, it's something we're, gonna, we're looking to do and we'll be trying to do more of. Yeah, so we're going to throw in some more, more guests. Yep. Expand our... Repertoire. Yes. Yes, and, indeed. And maybe work on the. Work anyway, on the that's it. Shorter, yeah. That's, that's it. it. 
Oh, God.